Hello and welcome back to Greenstock Talks, episode 3. Thank you everyone for your patience. I know it's been a few months since I last released an episode. I've been very busy, but thankfully, due to all the support that I've gained from all the listeners, it's really blown me away. When I first started the show, I never expected to have such a large following. I was hoping for maybe 20 or 30 of the listeners from Cheap Home Grow and the live stream to come by. But now that I've started the show, I've got some of the analytics, and I realize that it's much bigger than that. And I've come to see now that I've got 750 faithful green stalkers, as I like to affectionately refer to you all as, uh, that listen to every one of my shows and have consistently been asking me to put out more content. And now that I've been able to realize how much support I've got, I decided I really need to dedicate more time to the show. Some of my listeners asked if there was a way that they could support the show financially, and although I don't have enough content for myself to merit a Patreon page, I have found that there is an app called Cash App that allows me to receive tips from my listeners who would like to contribute. The show will always be free, and I never expect these types of donations, but for those who feel so inclined and want to donate, you can go to Cash App uh, through my download code in my profile on Instagram. And that will, without even sending me a tip, if you've never used Cash App before, put a $5 credit into my profile. And for those who'd like to leave a tip, as little as $1 can really go far in supporting the show. So thank you to all those who are considering doing that. I wanted to give a big shout out to two of the people who have already left a tip. The first being Smokestacks underscore Mish Homegrow on Instagram. Thank you so much for the tips. Uh, It's been great doing a little bit of consulting with you in the DMs. I love being able to uh, spend some time and help people out in their grow and using the knowledge that I've gained over the years uh, and helping people save time and save money and using my personal experience and things that I've found from research papers and seen in other people's gardens, literally internationally. I follow over 5,000 growers on Instagram now and every single time I follow one of them, I like almost all the (laughs) grow photos on their page. And in doing that, I have at least one and often more interactions uh, than one with that grower. So I've learned a lot from not only my own grow and past grows in my lifetime, but also from interactions on Instagram, which I'm incredibly thankful for. So I like to continue to share the information freely, and I just like to offer this option for those who would like to support. Another listener who was able to leave a tip was at Sour Diesel Tangy on Instagram. So I just wanted to say thank you to him as well. Now, with that self-promotion aside, I'd like to get into today's topic, which is cannabis terpenes. And I'm going to be discussing the seven most commonly found terpenes in cannabis. But before I get into each one of those, I'm just going to give a general definition. If you Google terpene, what comes up? Terpenes are a large and diverse class of organic compounds produced by a variety of plants, particularly conifers, and by some insects. They often have a strong odor and may protect the plant plants that produce them by deterring herbivores and by attracting predators and parasite herbivores. Now, this is really important because, as you may know, cannabis is an incredibly odiferous plant, which means it smells, has a very strong stench. Sometimes it can be incredibly pleasant, sometimes it can be foul, depending on who's smelling it and their opinion. So, what accounts for that smell? A lot of it is directly related to what I was just talking about, which is terpenes. 
there are other things such as esters and alcohols and ketones and other things that might play a role in the smell as well. But for today, we're just going to be discussing the most found cannabis terpene and terpenes. The first one being myrcene. Spelled M-Y-R-C-E-N-E. Myrcene is known for its couch lock effect. I'm not a big fan of the terms indica and sativa as a paradigm for describing the effects of cannabis, but when people think about the effects, they often think of the uplifting effects as being sativa and the uh, more sedative effects being indica. And myrcene is the one that I think most people would associate with cannabis. A lot of people think that all cannabis just makes you sleepy, and that may be true because most cannabis terpene profiles are predominantly terp uh, terpene dominated by myrcene. And myrcene does have a very strongly sedating effect. And if you've ever looked at a terpene profile, it's very common that that's going to be the number one highest percentage. However, there are other cannabis types that have uh, chemovars or chemical varieties or cultivars that produce other terpenes that are not myrcene as the dominant profile. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about myrcene first before I get into the other types of terpenes. Aside from its sedative effects, myrcene is also known for having strong pain relief effects. That can be very helpful for a lot of people that are looking to get off of pain relief medications. Myrcene is also known for having anti-inflammatory effects, which can help people that are having stiffness in their joints and help provide a little bit of relief for aches and pains and those types of things for people like myself who have arthritis that can be extremely helpful as well. Many cannabis users find that myrcene can help them with sleep and for people with insomnia may provide relief for their insomnia and help them get more sleep. Personally, I have not found that cultivars with high myrcene help my insomnia. It takes a much more specific profile or something different to help me, but many people have reported that high myrcene cannabis is able to help them get a good night's sleep. So now that we know some of the effects, it's important to be able to identify myrcene, especially for those who don't have access to things like terpene tests. It's important to know how it smells because most people are going to choose their cannabis based on smell. It's cool to know that myrcene is also found in things like mango. It might have a little bit of a mango scent. It's also found in lemongrass, thyme or thyme, bay leaves, and other citrus. Myrcene has a range of smells, which can range from musk, citrus, clove, mango, and lemongrass. Cultivars that are known for having high amounts of myrcene that I found with terpene tests to uh, sort of confirm that are Blue Dream, Green Crack, Alien OG, Granddaddy Purple, Northern Lights, Pure Kush, White Widow, Himalayan Gold, Pink Kush, and Warlock CBD. And with that, we're going to move on to the next terpene, which is limonene, spelled L-I-M-O-N-E-N-E. -N -E. Limonene is commonly found in a lot of household cleaners, and you may be familiar with it from citrus fruits. It's commonly found in lots of citrus fruit, predominantly lemon, as you might have guessed from the name. Limonene sounds like lemon, lime. It's found in both. It's also found in grapefruit and orange rinds. It's pretty easy to identify and when you smell it it can actually put a big smile on your face it's been found to help people get off their antidepressants there's been some studies going on in japan that are examining that a lot of the research that's done on terpenes in general uh, not just limonene is coming out of aromatherapy research but we're also starting to find some uh, 
corresponding with cannabis as well because um, it has an entourage effect with THC and CBD as well as the other minor cannabinoids and other constituents that make up the cannabis. Something that's really interesting about limonene is that it is very commonly found. It, sometimes it's the dominant terpene found in many cultivars. As I mentioned earlier, myrcene is the most commonly found terpene profile, but some cultivars have dominant limonene. Some cultivars that I have found that are high in limonene are OG Kush, Sour Diesel, Super Lemon Haze, Trainwreck, Bubba Kush, Chernobyl, also known as Slimer or Golden Ticket, California Orange, and many other cultivars that have similar names with lemon, lime, orange, or other citrus fruits, grapefruit even, are often dominant with limine, limonene in their terpene profiles. Now that we know a little bit about where you can find limonene and how it smells, it's important to know a little bit about the effects as well. Limonene has been shown to have stress relief. It has been shown to create an elevated mood, which leads to anti-depression effects, as well as anti-anxiety effects. So this can be a terpene that really has a lot of benefits for medical users and recreational users alike. Limonene has also been shown to treat gastric reflux and help relieve heartburn. It's also known to help increase the absorption of THC. So that is one of the reasons that cultivars with high amounts of limonene seem to be a little bit more potent when paired with high amounts of THC. I wrote an article a long time ago about how cannabis can have the stereotypes broken by certain terpenes, and limonene was a terpene that I found helped break the stereotype of using cannabis makes people lazy, because often users who use cannabis that's high in limonene report that they have lots of energy and they actually become more productive. It's that sort of cannabis that might make you clean your house or go do some chores and get a lot more productive and have your ability to get things done improve versus uh, you know being more sedated and put into the couch where you're not as productive. The stereotype I forgot to mention earlier when I was talking about myrcene is many people find that cannabis makes them feel anxious but myrcene, high myrcene cannabis has actually been shown to help people feel more relaxed. So you can overcome some of that anxiousness with a high myrcene cultivar in some cases. It's important to note that everyone has a different endocannabinoid system. So I suggest that people take small amounts of whatever cannabis that they're using and see how it works for them because although these effects have been found in many people, sometimes individuals have opposite effects. Like caffeine, for example, gives most people increased amounts of energy. However, for some, it can be sedating. So it's important to realize your body may react differently than the majority. So take a small sample at first and see how it reacts for you. The next terpene we're going to talk about is alpha-pinene. There are two types of pinene, both alpha and beta-pinene, but first I'm going to cover alpha-pinene because that's actually my very favorite terpene found in cannabis. It's also the most abundantly found terpene in all of nature from a few different reports that I've heard. As you may have guessed, pinene is also found in pine needles and other conifer trees, but it's found as a dominant terpene in a certain cultivars of cannabis. One is J1, which is a Jack Herrera skunk number one cross. It's also found in many uh, cuts of Jack Herrera. It can be found in things like 79 Christmas Bud or Pine Tar Kush, but it's known for that really sweet pine scent. The two different types of pinene actually have different effects. The reason I like alpha pinene is 
that it's been shown to alleviate the memory reducing effects of cannabis. Cannabis has been shown to impact people's short-term memory ability, which can be problematic at times, especially if you're someone like me who's had past concussions and I have memory issues already. So using alpha-pinene has actually been shown to counteract that and improve memory. So that's the main reason that I love alpha-pinene. Another great thing about alpha-pinene, as you hear me exhale right now, is it's a bronchiodilator. For those who don't know what that means, it just means that it helps your lungs expand and take in more oxygen. Back in the day, cannabis was used uh, medically for people with asthma. And even though smoking is incredibly hard on the lungs, alpha-pinene opened up the lungs for the people's oxygen enough that it was beneficial and doctors were recommending people smoke cannabis to help treat their asthma. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. You can Google it and look it up. It's true history. The other thing is beta-pinene is known as an expectorant. An expectorant is what you would find in a cough drop typically, and it's what makes people cough up phlegm and help clear out their throat when they have a cold, makes it a little bit easier to breathe and get over that cold faster by coughing up some of the harmful phlegm and uh, gets that nasty stuff out. So that actually has a little bit different smell. Um, it's commonly found in train wreck, uh, the cultivar. It is a little bit more like dill smelling in my experience or fennel or those types of plants. Um, it can even smell a little bit anise-like. It's also found in Durban poison very commonly. People will call it that Durban smell. Sometimes people will refer to that as the jack smell as well. And certain people in California have had it around for a long time and they've grown to dislike it. But I found a lot of people like both alpha and beta-pinene and they have great medical effects. Alpha-pinene can be found in a range of cultivars and it also works as a anti-inflammatory so it can be beneficial for pain relief purposes and I've personally experienced that a uh, great deal of pain relief using high pinene cultivars after getting in a car accident I had a lot of neck and back pain and alpha pinene cultivars actually really helped me a lot with that some other strains I may be repeating a few here that have pinene are Jack Herrera, Dutch Treat, Romulan, Blue Dream, OG Kush, Island Sweet Skunk, Strawberry Cough, Lemon Jack, and J1. I should have mentioned this a bit earlier, but it's important to note that although you might see a bag of cannabis labeled with some of these names, it may not have high levels of alpha-pinene. That may be because, uh, depending on the clone or cut someone is growing, or uh, the seed that they got, it could have different phenotypic variation or genetic expression based on the environment in which it was grown, or cultivation practices that make it express more of a certain way. That's why I really encourage people to look for a COA, a certificate of analysis, which shows the terpene profile so you can be a more informed medical user and have a better understanding of how terpenes may interact with your body. I understand though, many people don't have access to that, so using your nose is often the best bet. If you're able to smell the cannabis uh, before, that's great. If not, buy small samples and get to know the smell and the flavor related to that and maybe how the effects work within your body. With that being said, thankfully alpha-pinene works almost exactly how it's described for me in that it improves my memory and my focus. I feel a little bit more sharp during the day if I use cannabis cultivars that are high in alpha-pinene. I have suffered from concussions playing football in the past and I can be a little bit spacey even if I'm completely sober and haven't smoked. I seem more like uh, the typical stereotype of a quote stoner or somebody who loses track of thought in the middle of their sentence and just can't seem to really focus on anything. Well, alpha-pinene really 
helps me break that stereotype by having focus in my day-to-day life and using cannabis and many people don't even know many people wouldn't have any idea because i'm so focused and so on task that alpha pinene is really a, a key part of my day-to-day activity and how i'm able to get along so functionally with uh having so much injuries to my brain in the past i have a lot more difficult time doing it without cultivars high in alpha pinene and i think that many people may find this helps improve their focus and helps them get stuff done throughout their day I could probably sit and talk about alpha pinene all day, but the last thing that I'll say before I move on to the next terpene is that I am planning to do some breeding projects with J1 in particular and trying to bring out the highest amounts of alpha pinene and highest levels of THC in a chemovar that I can possibly achieve in my home breeding program. So if you are interested in growing from seed and uh, cultivars that are high in alpha pinene and THC, you have that to look forward from me in the next few years as I am able to uh, now produce my own seeds and able to work with uh, some really awesome cuts. The San Diego local J1 that I've got is a really amazing cultivar and I want to do some back cross work with it to make it available from seed because I think it's really special and I think it would be great medicine for a lot of people. The next terpene I'm going to discuss is humulene, H-U-M-U-L-E-N-E, which is a terpene that's also found in humulus, which you better may better know as hops. And uh, that might make sense based on the pronunciation of the name. Humulene is a terpene that breaks some of the con- conventional stereotypes that cannabis gives you the munchies. Because humulene is known to be an appetite suppressant. So for anyone who's trying to manage their weight or you know, trying to eat a little bit less during a certain time of the day or manage cravings or things like that, humulene might be a great option. And many people might be scratching their heads and saying there's no way that cannabis will make you not have the munchies. But if you think about it and look at some of the most famous celebrities that are cannabis users like Willie Nelson, Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, Joe Rogan, Tommy Chong, all those guys are in fairly good shape. They're either skinny or muscular, you know, none of them are obese. And what conventional wisdom says about cannabis giving you the munchies, I just don't think necessarily always has to follow suit because there are cultivars that have even a little bit of humulene, which will counteract that munchie effect and suppress your need to want to eat, which can be helpful for people that are diabetic or have other reasons that they might need to diet, work on you know, preventing heart disease and things of that nature. Humulene is also known to be a great pain reliever and anti-inflammatory. It's often found in arthritis uh, pain rubs and different pain cream rubs, things of that sort. The smell can be woody or earthy. The terpene is also found in clove, basil, and hops. Terpene is almost exclusively found in sativa and hybrid strains, although I don't like that paradigm. Um, like pinene, it has anti-inflammatory effects, uh, which makes it a great pain reliever. Some cultivars that are known for having humulene are Girl Scout Cookie, or GSC, so uh, we don't have any legal issue, White Widow, or Black Widow, Sour Diesel, Headband, and Skywalker OG. It's interesting to know that humulene has these appetite-suppressing effects because I've seen products marketed now such as things like skinny weed, which are saying that they can actually reduce people's cravings. And it makes sense to me now seeing research about things like humulene. There's also things like cannabis varins, like THCV, tetrahydrocannabivarin, which has also been shown to have an appetite-suppressing effect. And it's not a terpene, but I figured that since I was talking about the appetite-suppressing effects of humulene, I might as well mention it here. Next up, I'm going to be covering linalool, L-I-N, 
A-L-O-O-L. This is a terpene most commonly found in lavender. And unlike myrcene, which is known for the sedative effects and helping sleep, linalool actually does help my sleep and my insomnia, which is great. You might not be surprised by that because if you've ever seen things like a sleep mask that has lavender scent or any lavender flavored or scented products out there, uh, they're very much marketed towards sleep. And that's because in the aromatherapy field, there's been a substantial amount of research done to show that linalool has an extremely calming effect. There was even a study on lab rats where they gave them caffeine and witnessed how much their energy levels went up. And then once they subjected them to linalool, it significantly reduced their amount of activity. The interesting thing with that was linalool was less effective on its own when extracted versus a lavender essential oil. And uh, that just helped me believe more in the full plant medicine concept because when linalool was extracted from the lavender oil and used on the mice, they had some reduced activity from the caffeine, but when they used the full plant lavender oil, it was almost, you couldn't even tell that the mice were administered any caffeine. It almost completely reduced the stimulatory effects of caffeine, which is an extremely powerful stimulant. On top of helping insomnia and helping people sleep, linalool can also reduce stress and help people who have anxiety. To identify linalool if you don't have a terpene test, it most similarly smells like lavender. If you haven't ever smelled lavender before, it's also found in rosewood, birch, laurel, and citrus. But most people would say it's sort of described as like a floral scent. Uh, if you've ever smelled flowers before, a lot of them might have some linalool in them. But lavender is going to be the most closely uh, similar smell. Interestingly enough, the cannabis cultivar, lavender, is known for being high in linalool. Other cultivars, or chemovars, known to have linalool are... Skywalker OG, Headband, Ingrid, Pink Kush, Master Kush, OG Shark, Amnesia Haze, and LA Confidential. Now, none of these lists that I've given are exhaustive. There are several other cultivars that have these terpenes in them and maybe in higher amounts than the ones that I've listed. These are just ones that I've found that have lab tests to support it or my own anecdotal experience in my nose to really confidently be able to put them on the list to share with you to give you a starting place to look for if you are interested in any of these terpenes. The next and second last terpene that I'll be covering today is karyophyllene, also known as beta-karyophyllene, and there's karyophyllene oxide as well found in cannabis. It's spelled C-A-R-Y-O-P-H-Y-L-L-E-N-E. It's known to have a very spicy and peppery smell. In terms of its medical effect, in 2014 a study showed not only does it have pain relieving effects, but another study showed that it can help reduce alcohol intake, making it a possible help for treatment with addiction. Karyophyllene has also been shown to be an antioxidant, an anti-inflammatory, and it's been shown to help with inflammatory bowel disease. It's also been shown to treat anxiety and depression, Shout out to at Miss Nudie Grows on Instagram. She recently shared uh, posts where she talked about how people with anxiety and depression in the past would carry around peppercorns in their pocket, which are high in uh, beta-karyophyllene. And whenever they were starting to feel anxious or depressed, they would pop a peppercorn in their mouth and chew on it, and it would release some of this terpene and help them feel a little bit better. And I thought that was a really interesting story, so I had to include that. 
Some current studies are looking at caryophylline as a way for increasing lifespan longevity by reducing gene stress. The research is still fairly early and they haven't confirmed anything yet, but that is just a exciting and promising potential for it here moving forward into the future. A few cultivars that I've personally found to have experience with high levels of caryophylline are GSC, Bubba Kush, Sour Diesel, Chemdog, Death Star, Original Glue, also known as GG4, Cookies and Cream, Gelato, The White, and Master Kush. Something interesting about caryophylline is that it is used commonly in arthritis pain relieving rubs and the smell it might be related to or similar because it's also found in pepper, cloves, hops, basil, and oregano. Interestingly, caryophylline is one of the only terpenes to scientific knowledge currently to also be recognized as a cannabinoid. It can activate the CB2 receptor, which is the same receptor that CBD activates and is proposed why it has such strong pain relieving effects. It also has the ability to pass the blood-brain barrier. This terpene is also found in many land race cultivars and is being widely studied inside and out of the cannabis community. The last terpene that I'll be covering is terpinoline, T-E-R-P-I-N-O-L-E-N-E. Terpinoline is an essential oil which may have antibacterial and antifungal qualities, according to a study in 2005, which could be another reason for its fresh scent. It's a common additive in soaps and cleaning products. Other research should, has suggested that it has the ability to mis repel pests such as mosquitoes and weevils. As far as medical effects, there has been some research that has recently shown that it could contribute to reducing the risk of heart disease when used in effect with other nutrients. And it's also been shown to have early signs to prevent or inhibit the growth of cancer cells. Now, keep in mind that this research is still underway and there needs to be better scientific research done in the lab setting, but it is exciting to see these kinds of things observed in a scientific lab setting, uh, even on the early side of things. If anecdotal or case studies are coming out, it can usually be looked into with further research later on. Terpinoline is also found in apples, nutmeg, and lilac and is often described as smelling very fresh, and that's why it's often used in perfumes and soap. Some notable cultivars that I've found that have high amounts of terpinoline are Ghost Train Haze, Chernobyl, Jack Herrera, Dutch Treat, Golden Goat, Golden Pineapple, J1, XJ13, and that is it for my list as far as ones that I've seen with confirmed terpene tests. But there are, like I said, with some of the other terpenes, probably a additional list of other cultivars out there that are high in this. I think I may have mentioned earlier that Durban Poison uh, was known for certain terpenes like beta-pinene, but terpinoline is also found in high amounts in cultivars like Durban Poison. So if you love Durban Poison, there is a decent chance that you really like terpinoline. And Jack Herrera also, you know, a lot of people describe that sort of terpene profile as <clears throat> the Jack profile or, you know, the Durban profile. And some people love it and some people hate it, but it's definitely going to have a certain type of effect that a lot of people really do enjoy. And that leads me sort of into what I'm going to be getting into in part two of the terpene talk, which is now that I've covered 
seven of the top most commonly found terpenes in cannabis. In part two, I will be going over some of the profiles that make up smells that you may be familiar with and things like kush, you know, what makes that kush smell. And there are a few different terpenes that blend together. I talked about how they work on their own, but when combined together, they produce an entourage effect, but they also produce unique smells. And that can be really distinctive for specific varieties of cannabis, and I look forward to talking about that in the future. However, for now, that's going to wrap up this episode of Terpene Talk. This is Greenstock Talks. I was your host at Jack Greenstock. You can find me on Cannabuzz as well as Instagram. You can also find me on Twitter at Jack underscore Greenstock. And if you enjoyed the show, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe for more episodes. Thank you.